Welcome to Risk Roundup. The digital global age is upon us. Digital technologies are becoming a survival necessity to each and every nation, its government, industries, organizations, academia, and individuals, in short referred to as NGIOAI. The digital technologies of a digital global age are about survival and sustainability. They help develop much needed alertness, adjustment, adaptation, and create new opportunities in cyberspace, geospace, and space, in short referred to as CGS. It is the ability to adapt quickly to the changes brought on by digital technologies of the digital global age that emerges as a vital necessity and capability for digital transformation. In addition to the ability to adapt quickly, it is also important to understand that it is the strategy, not technology, that drives digital transformation. Digital transformation is about people, and it is the people and its ability to adjust, adapt, and innovate, not technology, that are the most important pieces in the NGIOA digital transformation puzzle. For a successful digital transformation, each and every entity within and across NGIOA must learn to forget old ways of thinking and old ways of doing things to uncover how digital technology can help them disrupt and find new ways of doing things to overtake competitors of a digital global age. While digitalization can extend the reach of entities across NGIOA to improve decision-making ability and help speed the development of new ideas, innovations, products, and services, the disproportionately rapid adaptation and adoption of technologies will most certainly disrupt traditional business models and create complex security risks. Each and every entity across NGIOA need to carefully walk the path towards digitalization with a specific strategy to channel its strengths and mitigate its imminent security challenges. As the digital transformation is becoming the ultimate challenge of a digital global age, it impacts not only NGIOA current structures and its strategic positioning, but also all levels of an entity, every task, every activity, every process, model, and so on, and its extended supply chain and its ecosystem. To discuss this further, I'm delighted to welcome George Nies. George is the Chief Digital Officer at Digital Transformation Strategies. Welcome, George. We're delighted to have you on Risk Roundup. Thank you, Jashree, and I appreciate being invited to participate in the discussion today. I look forward to it. And digital transformation is not only, you know, part of my title, but really part of my uh, my day-to-day -day life, and really something that I'm very passionate about. Great, wonderful, George. Uh, so let's begin with you know this fundamental uh, discussion that the strength of digital technologies, irrespective of social, mobile, data analytics, and cloud uh, technology, stems from how each and every entity across NGIOA integrate them to transform businesses and how they work. Looking at the current digital technologies, can you explain to our global viewers and listeners how the digital technologies work and what is a digital transformation? Well, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, digital transformation, you know, is, is definitely one of the, you know, the key, key buzzwords for this decade anyway. And so it's more than just uh, words. Digital transformation really involves taking your business processes, your operating models, your customers, your, 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 your team, and looking at it from an outside-in approach to, to decide where you can improve for competitive advantage using your digital data supply chain and digitization to better interact, make yourself customer centric, to grow revenue, and uh, as important as, as anything, to do things at speed and scale. Uh, for sure, one of the key focuses of digital transformation is the ability to react quickly. Uh, and in some cases, that can be content, that can be you know, offerings, it can be just outward you know, contact through social media to your, to your providers, your vendors, your, your customers, and, and of course, in some cases, to your competitors. So all of these come together to, to really drive digital transformation 
and digital disruption uh, within our global economy. Yes, you're absolutely right. So, uh, I mean, these digital technologies have been there for a long, long time. But why is it that digital transformation is interesting now only? We see these, you know, discussions coming up, you know, now, which has not been there for last, you know, several years. Well, and I think, I think it becomes a matter of not just the, the underpinning to your, to your earlier points. It's, it's not really about technology, but the technology itself is reaching a point in maturity where it's becoming something that's driving uh, business growth and really business disruption. It's, it's the, the organizations that you see who are uh, putting their competitors out of business, driving new business operating models and business processes that you would have not been able to do prior to digital really. And as well, it's the, it's the notion now a lot of, I think, business leaders are realizing that their customers are interacting with product decisions long before they actually contact them as a vendor. And how do you, you know, get your arms around that if you're not doing something in the digital space? And really, digital transformation is driving out so that you can engage your customers across any channel and even in spaces where you're not the direct, you know, participant in that one-on-one or one-to-many or many-to-many conversation. Yes, you are absolutely right. No, that is a good point. So based on your observations and experience of, you know, leading digital transformation for several organizations, what do you think is a digital success based on? If you have to tell our global and viewers and listeners that these are the core, you know, I mean, core criteria that you need to address to have a successful digital transformation, what would that be? Well, I would, I would say there's, there's, there's several key points. The first one is really alignment across the organization. In many organizations, we see that uh, there is no specific person or group that's tasked with owning digital transformation that's consistent across the organization, and there's still some silos. So really, alignment to what that vision and mission are going to be should come from top down or from somebody in senior leadership with the advocacy of, of, of the very the CEO, the board, the rest of the folks. Secondly, uh, it really becomes part of measurement. Many people are, are I, for lack of a better word, scared of how they will measure the transformation itself. And to do any program without thinking up front less about how you're going to deliver technology for a business solution, but equally, how are we upfront going to measure this in terms of analytics, in terms of our digital data supply chain, and really the impact on customers across our, our different channels, whether they be you know, traditional uh, in terms of business to consumer, business to business, or some hybrid model that, that, that does, does all of them. And really the, the, the third, uh, I guess, piece of the stool for me is really the people. Your, your employees and the people that you have and is an extended network are the most important asset that you have in any digital transformation. It's, it's giving them the skills, the confidence, and the alignment to your mission, uh, along with your values, of course, to make sure that they get to the right destination. Many organizations start out a destination uh, and over the course of time find that they arrive at the, at the, wrong, at the wrong finish line. Um, and if the finish line is far enough away, the investment can be, can be something that's, that's in whole or partially wasted. It's those things along the way that you use as milestones and guideposts to really get you to the, to the correct finish line and understanding that uh, the, the days of, of these transformation initiatives being years and years uh, of work that, you, that you, you see come out of the closet three or to five years from now or even a year from now is, is, is pretty well long gone. With speed and scale, people have to see tangible, tactical results on a strategic transformation initiative uh, within sometimes days or weeks, let alone you know, months and years out. Yes, no, that is a good point and you're right. It is about the people. So uh, it, what gives any entity across NGIO, that means nations, is government, industries, organizations, academia, whichever entity it is, an ability to reimagine the way of doing things. What would give them that uh, ability to reimagine that? Well, in, in some cases, it's, 
it's looking really looking to your your competition in other cases it's it's doing an out outward in and considering what it is that makes you a business that actually interacts with your customers what is it that makes you um, customer centric allows you to 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 grow your revenue uh, if you're if you're in that space and really examine how those processes look now and imagine what they could be so that doesn't mean that you have to turn everything upside down necessarily but if you if you think about it from an outside in perspective and you look at everything with a question mark it becomes much easier to through through developing a strategy then to understand what is it within transformation that you need to do to get closer to your customers whether that's in, in a direct relationship or in this you know global social mobile economy that we that we see across everything and that's that that spans you know government retail manufacturing um, education i mean this is every single brain in the game across all of those and i think that's an, another key point uh, something that you know jack welch uh, from ge that that i would quote is the, the every brain in the game get everyone involved and there may be you know things in there that you consider that you hadn't before and really there's no such thing as a bad as a bad question or or a bad thought when you're in that brainstorming what your digital transformation will look like yes no absolutely and you are absolutely right that we need to get everyone in, involved every entity needs to get each and every you know employee involved and have a collective effort of visualizing imagining the digital transformation what it could be now based on your experience uh, with working you know across industries and organizations uh, what are your thoughts about as digital strategy drives digital maturity how many organizations entities across nations you have seen that has a clear and coherent digital strategy well that's yeah, that's a that's a really good question, Jayshree. I mean, the number of people who really have a clear, defined strategy. I think if you were to survey people, and there's been there's been recent surveys by groups like Forrester and Gardner that show that internally, uh, employees within an organization as high as thirty to forty percent believe that there is a coherent digital strategy. But then, if you look at the outside in view of surveys of customers from those clients, many of them think that there's there's only a five to 10% uh, in that same range. So there's, there's some disconnect there in terms of how we view ourselves and how our customers are viewing us. And I think that's, that's another you know, key takeaway in that space is very few, uh, maybe one in five organizations have really established some kind of a customer or client view of what their digital transformation looks like or will look like. And I think that's key from, again, understanding how our customers view us is key to becoming customer centric. If you don't, if you don't have that path to, to knowledge and data, I'm not sure how you really get to the correct destination. Yes, very true. Now, you, you have worked with so many organizations and some of them, like you said that, you know, they are progressing well. Uh, so how would you describe a mature digital organization and have you seen a single organization that you could say that confidently that yes that is a mature digital organization well that's that's actually a really a really good question the probably one of the one of the organizations that i think has a, a really significant investment in this area and is doing very well is really linkedin um, who I think anybody in business would recognize specifically because they constantly look at their uh, what I call digital data supply chain. So that's uh, instrumenting every process with analytics and setting you know key performance indicators. Then it, it comes across integrating their data across all of their different uh, touch points so that they have one view, one data lake or one set of big data that they can analyze and draw business insight from an actionable business insight because many many large volumes of data are are just sitting there on the shelf and they're not really being used for insight and i think linkedin does a great job of of continually reinventing itself around how they use their uh, their customer data and how the customers are using their data being analyzed uh, for this 
And then beyond that, it's, it's really also about some of the, some of the kind of technology-esque things, master data management. What does a record of your customer data or your content or your product or location data look like that you can have people action on and be consistent across the organization and not, and not have it be siloed? You know, that's, that's I think, a, a, a great example. And there are, there are others that I, that I think are doing a great job, too. Emerson Electric a very old company in the, in the United States with 125 years is laying down a foundation for digital customer experience, which really spans their organization and they're accelerating at speed and scale to, to drive that out across all of their federated business units in a company that you know, has a, over a hundred year history. And with these kinds of digital transformation changes, we would expect to see them um, go on for at least another hundred years, if not longer. Mm, good to know that. Now, the history of technological advance across NGIOA is scattered, is scattered with examples of entities across nations focusing on technologies without investing in their respective organizational capabilities that ensure that would ensure their successful implementation, adaptation, and impact. How would nations overcome that? Because just by having technology is not good enough. No, and, and with the explosion in technology, one, one recent uh, Gardner survey I saw uh, pointed out that right now in terms of digital marketing space, there are over 2,000 individual vendor products that are available. So how you would select something in that space technology-wise um, and get the most revenue out of it is really about having a strategy for how you're going to use it. It's not technology first and then figure out how to use it. You should go in eyes open with a strategy of how all of these things are going to tie back to um, measurable revenue or customer goals that need to be set and and top down driven by the leadership of the organization there's many examples of of technology that ends up becoming shelfware and really that's because when people take a technology first focus instead of a client first focused or revenue or some combination of client and customer and revenue, they, they lose sight of what it is that's really dr the drivers behind the initiatives that they're doing. And again, to your point, uh, I believe as well, it's enabling this, the team that you have. That could be extended across vendors and relationships and, and NGOs. It, it, it really becomes how do you empower people to become part of that process and feel like they have ownership in using the technology and, and of course, measure so that if something isn't working, figure out if it's the right path that you're going down, or if maybe you took the wrong fork and you need to, to either back up or find another way to the right path. Yes, no, very true, very true. Now, uh, there are a lot of uh, leaders, you know, across industries who are trying to have this digital transformation, but not all of them have that you know capability or you know expertise so based on your observation and expertise how would you separate a digital leader from the rest so a digital leader in this day and age doesn't necessarily have to know about all the technology for sure but they have to have uh, people in the room who understand the technology and understand their business so for digital uh, leaders in my space and really leaders in, in any space, it becomes a matter of how do you listen and empower your team to actually do the work that they need to, to do digital transformation and to avoid being digitally disrupted by your competition. How are you going to do that? And then, of course, along with trusting that your people are, are doing a great job, it's being able to go in and, and have measurement and verification so that you trust but verify along the path don't send people off into the into the digital forest and expect that they're going to necessarily get to the destination on on their own leaders need to to support their teams and in some cases it means with an accordion style of of management coming in very close to the initiative if yeah. things are going well through measurement let it let it let it move along um, and in and in cases where you see issues bring the resources to bear to ensure that that the leadership vision of what that transformation is is sustained throughout the program and that, it, that that you have sustainability across the initiative and your larger you know program initiatives uh, through the organization right I know that is a good point now 
including you, what are some obstacles, entities or other, you know, digital uh, transformational leaders uh, face across industries and nations uh, for digital transformation? Because I'm sure it's not uh, an easy path for anyone who has a desire to have digital transformation for their, you know, initiative or entity or project. So what are some obstacles or risks that you see uh, everyone faces across in the IOA for digital transformation? Well, there's, there's, there's a couple of risks that I think are, are front of mind, really in terms of, of ideation of these use of technology to solve business problems. There's a lot of uh, space to leave your data open to your, comp your competitors or even people who, who don't wish the best for your corporation to penetrate. Uh, and, uh, and so cybersecurity becomes a, a key issue, especially as people move to cloud um, and hybrid cloud where they're, they're connecting their internal operating uh, networks and processes with external systems that may, they may or may not um, have visibility to. As well, it, it comes down to the, the volume of options. There are so many options now that without having a number of different ways to look to trusted advisors or building that, 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 that skill set within your own organization, uh, how do you get to speed and scale? Uh, I think more and more we see people going to vendors to be able to move quickly into these spaces because even the the ideation and understanding of technology that underpins this from DevOps to Agile to, to cloud to mobile, it's, if it's not within your organization already, in which case you probably are uh, already positioned well for digital transformation, you need to find uh, global partners or niche vendors who can support that both from a strategy perspective and then from a technology perspective around how do you solve those those solution issues that you're going to have across yes. the, the organization's initiatives. Right, right. I know that is true. Now, what, where do you think the power of digital transformation lies right now? Oh, for sure. It's a, for me, uh, because of this, the time I spend in, in so many retail and manufacturing uh, organizations, it's really about the, the power to engage with your customer. Mm -hmm. Customers are more and more already having decided on a product before they ever go to a, to a, to a vendor, a store, uh, an online presence to buy. So they've, they've already done their homework. And how do you, across your, your organization's content, offers, campaigns, and marketing, move the needle so that the customer has selected you um, in that process, which is, is, is like a, a global review. One of the things I see is really moving from this notion of business to consumer or business to business to really the E to E or E to E, which is everyone to everyone. So, you know, in the old days, it was reviews on a website that, that told people how to buy something from you. Now it's, it's across social media and LinkedIn and your, your friends and Facebook and things that you see in print and, um, and billboard advertising that are really crafting your view of a product and how across all of those touch points do you really measure it and then make sure that you're you're differentiating with your competitors so that you you earn the customer and then even more you you keep them by earning their trust over and over and really making it an experience that that people then advocate and create you know brand mavens brand ambassadors on your behalf and you're no longer beholden to sales teams to drive your revenue your sales team is is the global economy. That is true. That is true. Now, do you think entities across NGIOA are having real discussions on how to transform their business or initiative at the moment? Are those discussions happening? Well, the, the when when I look at the 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 different you know customers that I work with, and I look at the surveys that I that I periodically have to read to stay to stay abreast of trends that I'm not recognizing either myself or our, our company I see that it seems to me to still be in, in infancy the digital transformation itself is is a is a lifetime process of learning it's really teaching your organization to learn and to be adaptive uh, that you mentioned before and sustainable so those things are not necessarily a a point in time 
And I think that a lot of organizations really don't enable their employees to be adaptive, to be creating sustainable long-term processes, and really to examining from an outside in, what is it that we're doing well? And what is it that we're doing you know, less, less well that we need to, to focus on? It's an inside out view that many people have taken and, are, and it's gonna take time to get to an outside in view that's gonna drive your revenue and customer centricity and, and speed at scale across a global economy uh, through digital transformation. Right, right, right. Now, there is a growing acknowledgement that the world is rapidly changing and digitalization is a must-have capability. Uh, young people, however, seems to want to work for digital leaders. Now, for industries and companies that are not acknowledging these, do they find difficulty in attracting the right talent? Because I think it's the young people that would bring the power of, you know, these digital transformation. What are your thoughts? What are your observations? Wow, that's a that's a great one. And and at some for someone who is a parent of both millennials and centennials, uh, I find that with especially the the younger generations now, they're connected and cross connected. It's not uncommon to see uh, people in that, especially in that centennial category, who might be on multiple devices at the same time using a phone and an iPad and, the, and, and their television and who knows what else all at the same time and not even thinking twice about it. With, with this, we come to the notion of really um, how you're going to talent your organization moving forward. And I think that some of the, the notions that we see out there, performance achievement rather than performance management, you know, over the standard rack and stack of employees and even the notion of fluid workforce where you bring people together, maybe uh, less as employees, but even as talent that you put together for a particular initiative are, are, taking, are definitely taking off. That doesn't mean that, that a company should become entirely fluid because how do you keep your intellectual capital within the organization across what it is that makes you competitive and, and drives advantage, but how organizations are looking at talent, especially in the millennials who um, may or may not, you know, be sticky with the organization and, and definitely don't believe that they'll be working, uh, I would think, for 20 to 30 years at the same, at the same company. But I find that even in peers uh, who are, you know, on the, the, the Gen X, Gen Y, and, and, and even the baby boomers who are now looking at, uh, at their work career Many times I hear the notion of a three to five year investment where somebody comes in, plans on a four to five year uh, cycle and then uh, plans on moving on. So how you organize your teams and, and more importantly, how you rapidly through digital transformation educate people as they come in so that they can be effective in driving your customer interaction, engagement and, and growth is is and then of course capturing that knowledge uh, intellectual capital management is still something that many organizations through digital transformation are going to get better at but is still a very very weak point in many organizations that is true that is true now there are many who feel that digital strategy is about knowing technologies and technology fluency Digital fluency, however, doesn't demand mastery of the digital technologies. It's instead, I feel that it requires a vision, an ability to articulate the value of the digital technologies to the organization's or entity's future. Do you see today's digital leaders with digital fluency or just, you know, technology experts? Yeah, that's a, that's a, another great great question, Jayshree. I mean, the digital fluency is is definitely not there. I mean, I think we're 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 seeing that in terms of the conversations that are out there, and as much in terms of who is is leading or owning digital within organizations. Roughly a third of digital is owned in in organizations by by CEOs, a third from um, CIOs and another third from senior leaders in some other space from a recent Forrester survey that I've that I've seen. And and when you think about the disconnect in who even owns that, how do you how do you create a roadmap for digital fluency within your organization? And something that we you know we talked earlier about in terms of talent 
and really enabling people. I don't think technology is, is, is really the key from being digitally fluent. It's understanding how these digital processes and business models that we're seeing across social, mobile, cloud, analytics, big data, affect your organization, and then worry about what technology you need to, to actually fill that gap, either through you know, internal resources and skilling your people, or through vendors, both large and small, in terms of consultative space, to bring in that, that knowledge within the organization, or to provide that as an, an outsourced you know, uh, skill. Yes, yes no, you're right. right, right. No, I agree with that. I think that the most of the entities across NGI today do not have a clear and coherent digital strategy or vision. And uh, this is, I think, a cause of concern. Now, digital technologies are contested commons, means everyone has access to it. So for any entity to get ahead of their competitors using the technologies that everyone has access to, doesn't allow them any inherent advantage. So how do they differentiate and get competitive advantage in this digital global age? Well, and, and, and that's, a great, that's a great point. The technology for technology's sake does not provide any kind of competitive advantage. It's having a strategy at, the, at, at a leadership level of how you're going to uh, more closely interact with your customers, how you're going to measure their responsiveness to your everything from your marketing to, to your product packaging, to your products, to just your day-to-day -day interaction with them um, from a business perspective. It's measuring those messages across all of those different touch points. And really, that's, that comes down to people. You know, I think there's a, a, a big fear that, that, that is coming that you know, robots and technology are going to replace humans. And I, and I personally, I don't see it. I think they enable us to do a better job through technology as people, but they do have, to, to my view, very little ability to replace the human interaction that really all of us more and more seem to reach out to and really want. In the days when I grew up, it was not uncommon to walk into a, a even a government office or into a store and have somebody recognize me personally. Hi, George, how are you doing? People are trying to get to that through the use of technology, but I think that first you have to understand how is it that I'm gonna interact my, with my customer to appear that I'm human before you start to model it as the technology will reach out and take the money out of my wallet and send the product to me. <laughs> that is true, that is true. Do you think we have enough talent and resources to meet the digitalization challenge? Oh, no way. I think that is, that I think the, the growing gap in STEM across the global economy is going to become a critical shortage and it's gonna require many uh, organizations to really move to vendor relationships to, su to supply that. But even there, as I look, the uh, it, if you look across the consultative space, which I have a, a, a very long history in, most consulting groups are building a digital transformation practice right now. They either did it organically by growth or they did it un inorganically by just sharding off a portion of their talent and saying, you're digital now. Some of those folks really are digital and some of them are going to learn digital through, uh, through the companies. But if everybody is trying to grow their digital practice and you're a customer of a, of a vendor, what do you think the, the chances are that you're going to get the very best people all from a vendor on your engagement? It seems unlikely. And if you look at that in terms of the talent pool across global organizations, not just in terms of that consulting workforce, there's a significant gap. And, it's, and it needs to be addressed at a government level and at corporate level by supporting education from a very young age in these technologies and something that you know needs to be more diverse and more in, in, inclusive which is one of the reasons why I support you know organizations like Girls Who Code because there's no way that you can grow this by one um, picture of a nerdy guy sitting in his basement with his hoodie on this is about again every brain in the game from how do you educate? How do you skill? How do you get 
you know, people to, to want to be part of technology for business solutioning and really from the other side to be business people who understand the technology for digital transformation to be competitive and to really drive growth in their organization. That is true, that is true. Now, culture plays an important role in digital transformation. So how can entities across NGIO develop right culture for the digital transformation? Or whether you see that if they have the right culture right now for digital transformation? Well, and, and, and you know, digital transformation in a digital culture is more than just allowing people to wear jeans on Fridays. It really becomes how do you uh, get everyone to be part of the alignment to mission and values. For me, digital culture is really by setting a mission that incorporates digital and digital transformation, having values that support that in terms of, of your organization, and then getting alignment with your, with your team. Because many organizations, if they, if they create a digital uh, alignment, they find that their initiatives are very successful. When they're driven by pockets within the organization and not top-down, um, but rather grassroots, you find that, th that it, it becomes limited penetration and really limited success in those initiatives. There are uh, the ability to have a grassroots initiative within an organization that could be digitally successful, but much less likely uh, than if it's driven from the top down and really aligned with leaders in terms of strategy for business. Because the leaders of an organization are the people who should know how you're going to get to your destination in one year, five year, or a hundred years per se across across digital, although a hundred is probably looking a little far out for most people. The the key then is really to get it to get alignment. Yes, yes, very true. Now based on your observations working with industries, what is the digital maturity of industries if you talk about in United States? Which industries and sectors you feel are more, you know, digitally mature than the others? Well, you know, if I was to say who is the most digitally mature in many cases, it's going to be the talent organizations and, uh, and HR because they're having to use um, social media, mobile, and really all of these different touch points to just differentiate the positions that they're, and the roles that they're trying to, to gain people. When you start talking about, you know, at a larger level, um, uh, quite a number of retail organizations have been focused on, on this in terms of the interaction with customers for, for many years, but we're seeing really financial and banking coming, you know, full circle and really going, uh, I, I think, wholly into this. Less so, uh, but still very, very uh, much a focus for government and how they, how they interact with customers and really allowing customer self-service across, across all of the different touch points has become a, um, a, a very big growing area for, for not only government, but really for everybody. How do you enable customer service with digital transformation? How do you better bring your customers in in terms of their views through this, through this transformation? And I think, you know, the industries that I, the, the number one industry is, is really the, the whole human resources. I, I think that, that they had no choice but to become digital because that's where everybody's looking for jobs. And if you're not on some kind of digital space, um, posting your roles and looking for candidates, then you're, you're probably not finding very many people uh, to, to become a candidate pool and really even using digital tools to score people so that you're, you're not sending candidates forward who, who are really not, are not ready and just are writing a good resume or having a good, a good ability to speak. True. Now, that's an interesting point. Now, there are some who say that we need a chief listening officer, not chief digital transformation officer, but chief listening officer. Do you see that there will be a rise of CLO? Because there is a lot of concern that there is there are not many people or executives in the industry who can listen to new ideas and can understand where it fits, you know, within the organization's uh, structure and how we could, you know, help them with the digital transformation. So do you see that there would be a rise of chief, chief listening officer? Well, and I think uh, to your point, uh, again, again, great question. I think that if you look at it, I think eventually either the, the you know, the CMO organization 
uh, becomes the chief listening organization within a group because really your marketing folks should be the ones who are doing the listening for your organization because really they're the ones who are going to engage with your customer. They're the, the people who you're going to have a, a, a portion of your revenue um, and somebody just uh, wandered into my uh, office area and is now going to be leaving. Uh, but you'll hear them for just a minute in the background, unfortunately. So the, you know, when you think about it in terms of that, that, that whole digital uh, listening, there's only right now from some of the numbers I'm seeing, you know, one in five organizations that are really actively engaging customers to listen to what they, they think about the organization the organization in the competitive sense. And really, once you start to focus on that message, you realize that there are people out there who will for free tell you what it is you could do better and to be more competitive with, uh, with not only um, your, your offerings, but how you interact with them as customers to really bring, bring them into the fold as brand ambassadors and brand, brand mavens. That is true. That is true. Now, uh, based on your observations, uh, the ones, uh, the organizations that you feel are uh, more digitally mature, how does their culture differ? How from you know the rest of the organizations that are not uh, that digitally mature? And do you think that does the culture fosters digital initiatives? Well, that's the a great. Of course. Well, and, and I think in terms of maturity, you know, you measure the scale by how, how, how well people can do things at speed and at scale. So that to me is uh, how fast can you react to something in your market uh, to bring then content and messaging back to your customers to show that you're, you really understand the changes that are happening around you at a, a, the speed of, of digital. And so within that becomes uh, obviously your people being ear to the ground on all of these things. And so, you know, for organizations maturity wise, there should be a, a, a thread of, of allowing your people to, to actually go out on social media and understand what people are saying. That doesn't necessarily mean that everybody has to be on social media every day, but you need to consider that unless you bring all of your people in, to the message that there won't be alignment and there won't be that interaction because now with an E to E economy, every single employee, every single customer, every single vendor can actually market your products or services to others and help you to grow within that. So when I think maturity, I think of a, of a very well connected across all of the, not only technology, but really the business use of social mobile cloud analytics uh, and business insights to be able to react quickly and that maturity level you know at a 10 is 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 not there for uh, for i would say you know 95 plus percent of the organizations that are out there that's true that's true now in what different ways digital technologies offer businesses a new set of opportunities to create value well, that's that's a that's a great that's a great point. So there's there's all sorts of different ways that you can create value. There can be value in in digital saving money by by economy. There can be value in growth of your of your you know your sales. There can be value in terms of uh, getting closer in terms of customer satisfaction, uh, growth, customer engagement, and I think all of those things have to be have to be as well measured so that you can understand where where you stand along the, the continuum, not only um, in your view with the customer, but really in terms of competitors, how you then uh, create new value within your organization is about examining how your competitors are doing it and then doing it either better yourself or growing your offerings so that you fill in a space that you weren't aware of before. And all of this again comes from listening and goes back to your, um, your statement uh, earlier in the conversation around chief listening officer, I think many people are still on the very low digital maturity in terms of listening across both social and, their, and to their customers across omni-channel. You know, there's been, omni-channel was a buzzword for many people 
in terms of how you interact with your customer and let them pick up at any different touch point. But really the, the key for most organizations is really now how do you recognize the opportunities within Omnichannel to create new offerings that may not exist or to you know, keep your offerings in products and services from becoming stale in a digital uh, economy and becoming disrupted. Right, right. Now, there are many who say that the fuel energizing the digital transformation now is big data. Do you agree? And if you do, why do you think big data is the key to digital transformation? I think big data is important. I think the issue that many organizations find with big data is really around, you know, how do you, how do you actually get business insight from it? So I think capturing every single piece of data is probably staggering for most people in terms of big data. And just the whole notion of data science is, the, is probably the limiting factor. The number of people um, in digital transformation is, is, is still small compared to the need, but the number of people trained in data science compared to the need is, is staggeringly small, really. The, the technology growth across that space is, is significant, and the number of options uh, that people can use um, to actually implement their business solutions across both structured and unstructured data. Really, the, the ability to capture data a lot of organizations have, it's the ability to gain actionable insights from that data that, that's really lacking and really requires you to have a very distinct strategy in terms of measuring um, and really the business intelligence from that big data. I think big data underpins, uh, for sure, the Internet of Things, uh, the IoT initiative, because of, you know, if your car is sending out 1.5 gigabytes of data every minute, you know, how, how do you actually get information out of that that's, that's useful to understand that, you know, your car is going to break down and you really don't want to be on the side of the road five miles from now. Uh, you need to take it into the shop now or there's something dangerous that could cause you know, a major malfunction and, and have impacts to safety for yourself. I mean, those things in terms of big data seem to be where the play is happening initially in terms of maintenance. Really, how do you improve the maintenance cycle for everything from aircraft engines to cars to, to now with wearables, human beings? You know, if I knew that I was going to have a heart attack in five minutes, I'd be off the conversation right now and, and getting a ride to the hospital. So, the, I mean, that, that kind of use of big data to to make people's lives better, to make your insights, you know, more, more actionable for your customers. All of those are, are something that are going to underpin digital transformation now and for the foreseeable future. Right, right. right. Now, there, there are many who say that digital technology and digital strategy go hand in hand. Do you, what are your thoughts on that? On that? And do you see the organizations or entities across, you know, industries are following, you know, this uh, strategy of having digital strategy and digital technology planning and risk management, you know, together? Well, I think um, when you're doing digital strategy, I think you have to take into account what your organization's technology capabilities are and what they could be. So I think there, there, is, there is some notion that you have to at least understand what is technically feasible as you're, as you're deciding your, your strategy implementations. But I think from a strategy perspective, you really have to open it up. Because if you look at it, no one would have ever expected from technology that something like Uber would exist today, five years ago and 10 years ago. And, and likewise, um, from a business perspective, uh, I don't think most people realized, uh, especially when you look at, at, at folks like Blockbuster, that the digital in your home to monitor, you know, live broadcasts and Netflix and Hulu and all these other streaming services would have been would have been such a such a big deal. So if you're a technology company, I think you have to take it um, definitely as as hand in hand. But for people who are in the business of selling products and services, I think there's a there's a difference here. It's understanding what's technically feasible should be um, should necessarily be part of it, unless you're willing to make the investment to do something, you know, completely new and innovative. And I think you 
if you consider what's available with technology, I think you you actually limit the innovation uh, rather than 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 fulfill it. Now, again, from the implementation perspective, you have to do something that's reasonable for cost and budget for your organization, and that may be uh, very likely the limiting factor of technology. Yes, yes. Now, earlier you mentioned that you know every business needs to be on the social media, but in the digital transformation of business, what role? social media plays. Uh, can you, you know, uh, explain that to our global viewers and listeners? Sure. I mean, social media is, is rapidly becoming the place where everybody figures out what, whether it be Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, you know, LinkedIn, not only what they want to buy, who they want to interact with as companies and who they want to work for as employees. There's the ability did not exist 20 years ago for me to Google a single person, a company, a product, and get back an unlimited amount of data. Um, now, the amount of data that I can get back from a search engine like a Google or a Yahoo or, or what have you is so significant that without turning to social media, to your network and your extended network, it's difficult to make sense of the volume of data that's being returned. And so social media and those and that network, inherent global network that people are building through uh, these social media networks like Pinterest or LinkedIn or Facebook is really becoming key to decision making. It's how you find people, how you find products and how you find companies. And if, if, if you're not on social media, then very likely um, you're being disrupted as we speak. Yes, yes. Now, how does a digital transformation happen? Can you share an example with our global viewers and listeners where you were part of a digital transformation from, you know, concept, uh, conceptualization phase to, you know, uh, all the way to uh, having a, you know, commercial uh, digital transformation. Can you explain them how you did that and how that uh, flow goes? So that's, that's, that's really a, a great a great, a great question. So, the one of the more recent, uh, you know, digital transformation initiatives that I was involved with was for Emerson Electric, who's a very uh, large global um, Fortune one company that that has business and operations in literally every country in the world, and has content in every country in the world, and has commerce in every country in the world. So this. Um, this became really a, an, an outside in looking at it. They weren't using a, what I would call a shared services model. They were using a model where there were silos of information for digital across. So recognizing this uh, from a consultative point of view uh, resulted in discussions that, that started with specific leaders and then moved across the leadership in the organization, how to better uh, enable teams to create a consistent brand message across the organization, across the federated business units, and across the world for digital customer experience. And so the, it first starts with ideation and really strategy. It starts with an idea. You know, somebody has an idea, whether that's within the organization or outside, how an organization can do something better. Uh, engages the, the the right people in terms of leadership uh, and sometimes even grassroots to to get that message and to really understand how to better engage to start that conversation around strategy and around maybe a, a, a gap an assessment uh, an understanding of where we are now and how we get to the the, the a better place as it were whether that be the, the finish line or not is probably uh, unlikely, but a better place within the organization. So this for digital customer experience involved bringing in people from every single portion of the business from the, you know, the marketing, which, which hopefully eventually will be chief listening to the CEOs, to the, to the vice presidents, to actually the technology uh, groups from architecture and development as well as, well as the business groups from sales and marketing, um, the operations folks, and, and even the talent organizations to how they could uh, develop a digital customer experience platform that they could share across the entire organization that they can be used to drive a consistent and in many cases, agile brand message 
reacting to things that were happening in the market and being able to bring actionable content and insights to their customers and prospective customers so that they could, you know, really sell products and services, but also become a, the trusted advisor for all of those folks around thought leadership in digital and digital transformation using their products and services. So the, uh, at that point, it comes down to laying out the implementation of the strategy, really coming down to tactical and strategic phases that you're going to be able to measure. And, and what are the measurements and KPIs that that's going to, going to take? And of course, documenting all of it and then revisiting it periodically in what, you know, uh, for my involvement was a, a more than, you know, 18 month cycle. Uh, and then of course the cycle, cycle number two or cycle number X, depending on how you look at it continues because you're, you're literally with, with digital transformation, you realize through the process of these engagements that you're never done. And that's both daunting and encouraging because it means that you don't have to boil the ocean now. Um, and, you know, of course, this, the success is that that initial uh, set, of, set of engagements from strategy, ideation, documentation, and, and design and architecture down into technology selection and then implementation, uh, as well as organizational change management, business process uh, change, all resulted in... And of course, the organization in this case deciding to roll it out globally, which is it, which is the next phase, and is of course another very large initiative um, that we try to tactically uh, get value out of while moving towards the strategic endpoints. Right, right. Now, if you had the power, what is that one thing you would like to change as to how nations strategize digital transformation? Wow, that's 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 actually pretty easy. You know, when we think about it, it's a tough question. But I, I mean, I guess my answer is is pretty pretty easy in terms of it's it's really that global community. It's really bringing everyone together across government, um, education, corporations, to recognize that you have to have a funnel of talent uh, to feed digital transformation. That this is not that digital transformation itself is not competitive advantage. It's what you derive out of it and sharing lessons learned so that we see digital connecting more people. The billions of people who still aren't connected digitally are all prospective customers and really could benefit greatly from the knowledge that's, that's available and freely available across not only the internet, but across, uh, you know, the global economy. And then really, as we break down barriers to that learning, to that, that connect, connectivity, and we will see better diversion and, and inclusion, and we'll see less focus on taking what we see and more on actually as a community, growing this uh, digital transformation talent and really moving forward as, as, as the earth rather than as individuals or as companies, uh, entities. Okay, great. So uh, thank you so much, George. We are going to conclude our session here. Uh, you spent so much of your, you know, almost an hour of your valuable time in helping our global viewers and listeners understand about what is digital transformation and how to go with uh, for, forward with that and what are the different uh, factors that are very important in digital transformation. So I'm sure our global viewers and listeners are going to uh, benefit tremendously from what you had to say today. And uh, uh, we appreciate that. And thank you so much, George. So uh, we hope that as we go forward, and we do more research about you know digital transformation and what are the risks that are associated with it uh, hopefully you know you would uh, be willing to come on risk roundup again and share your thoughts and insights so we would really welcome that thank you thank you, you jay thank you, i really appreciate your time and of course you're welcome and uh and sharing knowledge is is key to digital transformation and in most cases uh, just giving back and paying it forward to the rest of the community. So I, I appreciate the op opportunity that you've given me here. And thank you very much for, for facilitating this great discussion. That is very true, paying forward. So thank you, George. As the digital revolution is seen everywhere across nations, 
its government industries, organizations, and academia, uh, but also in the economic numbers. It is important to identify, understand, and acknowledge the inherent risk of the digital transformation brought on by a digital global age. Risk Group Cybersecurity Risk Research Center and Strategic Security Risk Research Center are created for this very purpose so that we can collectively identify, evaluate, and manage the risk facing NGIOA and CGS. And we can discuss, debate, and define necessary framework, structure, processes, tools, and technologies to manage the security risk of not only the digital global age, but also of the coming technological super conversions. We at Risk Group believe that risk management, security, and peace walk together hand in hand. Though security is related to management of threats and peace to the management of conflict, risk management is related to management of security vulnerabilities as well as management of conflict. And it is not possible to conceive any one of the three without the existence of the other two. All three concepts feed into each other. We believe that the security we build for ourselves is precarious and uncertain until it is secured for everyone across nations. Tradition becomes our security. So if we build a culture of managing risk effectively, it will lead us to security and security will lead us to peace. Let's manage the existing and emerging risk together. For more information on the risk roundups, to watch the risk roundup videos or to hear the risk roundup podcast, Please go to riskgroupllc.com and do not forget to subscribe and share. Until next time, I'm Jayashree Pandya, host of Risk Roundup, signing off. See you next time. Thank you.